Kaiju Show. I am your co-host, Kent, and with me is your other co-host. Jason, and it's not the Daikaiju Network Show. <laughs> I said Daikaiju Show. Yeah, but this is the Toku Zone. <laughs> yeah, but I was about to say that. You wouldn't give me the chance to say it. But yeah, we are continuing the Toku Zone, and we are continuing our look at Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. So this particular episode, we're going to be uh, looking at episodes four through seven. Uh, but before we do that, Jason, do you have any news? Well, before we go to uh, the news here, I just want to make sure that we uh, let everyone know to like and subscribe to us uh, on these following streaming and podcast networks. As far as the streaming, obviously, uh, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Facebook Live, Periscope, and DLive. And as far as the podcast networks, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, or Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn. And you can uh, follow us uh, and subscribe to us at these uh, following social media websites. Just search for Daikaiju Network, and you can find us at our own website at daikaijunetwork.com. And there seems to be not a whole lot of uh, news pieces going on, but I'm not entirely sure that I got to this one last time. Um, if I did, then uh, just completely ignore this, obviously. Um, that uh, Super Riot Productions is going to be doing a uh, telestream or stream uh, this coming winter of Ultra Galaxy Fights uh, Absolute Conspiracy. Um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I, absolute conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let me just bring up uh, the page here. Um, and this is from uh, Toku Nation. And I'm just going to at least read uh, one paragraph here. And it follow, uh, reads Ultraman's global domination continues the announcement of Ultra Galaxy Fight, the absolute conspiracy. Follow on from the success of last year's Ultra Galaxy Fight, uh, New Generation Heroes, Super Riot Productions have revealed a new miniseries which will be released uh, weekly on YouTube in both Japanese and English dub. Ooh, dub. Um, the series will be 10 episodes in total with, uh, with a combined running time of approximately 90 minutes. So, and it also will have some of the uh, notable heroes as, you know, Zero, Taiga, uh, the new member Z, 80 Max, Mabius, uh, Great, Powered, all of these uh, heroes of the entire Ultraman franchise. And the storyline will connect directly with the new Ultraman Z show that's uh, currently running right now. So, um, and then of course, on this following article, there is a trailer uh, to this. Um, you can obviously find it over on uh, YouTube and everything. So, um, as far as this, what are your thoughts on this upcoming uh, miniseries? Uh, like always, it's very interesting. Um, I have not delved into any Ultraman Z stuff, um, 
So I really, you know, I'm a fan of this stuff, but as I've said numerous times on this podcast before, the newer Ultraman stuff, I'm kind of on the fence about. Um, and a lot of that is just because I enjoy the look and style of the older stuff. Um, I, I kind of like some of the, the, the quote-unquote cheap-looking things at times and just the practical effects side of things. That's not to say I don't think that the production values of some of this newer stuff aren't good. They are. I just think that in terms of stories and, and approaches to uh, human characters and even some of the, the villainous kaiju and robots and stuff, um, it's just it's, – it's hard for me to grab – onto that like I do this older stuff so um, at some point I, I will check it out um, with kids in school right now and that taking up even more of my time now I just don't have the free time that I once had even like what a week or two ago so um, at some point I'll check it out um, but yeah this isn't something that I personally am running to go see but that doesn't mean that I'm not on some level excited for mm-hmm. it well, with that, there's not really a whole lot going on, but um, I'll bring up the uh, next uh, piece of news here if I can bring uh, this up here. Uh, just bear with me here. There we go. Uh, this one is uh, eventually a pop-up store that was announced uh, for this month uh, related to Ultraman. And uh, this is from uh, Tokusatsu Network, and it sort of reads here that uh, that this uh, Ultraman Pop-Up Store 2020 Creator Edition uh, will be held from September 8th through the 14th uh, over at uh, the Shibuya District there in Tokyo. So there's at least, uh, with them uh, being a day ahead of us, so they've apparently got one more day left. Like, well, a couple full days left of this store being up. But uh, as far as what it reads here, uh, it says, Subaraya announced an upcoming pop-up store called the Ultraman Pop-Up Store 2020 Creator Edition. Uh, the event will feature manufacturers and uh, creators both from Japan and overseas with Ultraman-related products available uh, for purchase, ranging from hobby items to fashion and lifestyle goods. Uh, and then manufacturers and brands will include uh, Kaijin, uh, My Naga Moto, uh, D-Attack, and uh, Yuki Hero Pro Wrestling. A full list of participating parties is listed on uh, the Super I website and then there's some images of some example items on here and uh yeah i think uh, this is pretty great and it's on the fifth floor of the uh Cebu, uh super uh oh shibuya department stores b building so um other than that there's not really much <laughs> going on uh, surprisingly, as far as uh, news items, and then of course there's a uh, new ending theme for uh, the Ultraman Z show, which will be premiering on uh, the uh, September 26th 
uh, broadcast uh, on the Superaya YouTube channel here. And uh, yeah, that's basically about it. Uh, all right. So with that, you want to dive into Johnny Sacco? Uh, yes, let's do so. All right. So we're going to continue our not really a game, but our little uh, thing that we started last time where I will give the English title followed by the Japanese, and then we will just give our brief thoughts on which title we prefer best before diving into the individual episode. So, episode four is titled Monster Ligon Tyrox, a strange monster. The Japanese title is Ligon, the supernatural beast. Jason, which one do you prefer? I think I would obviously prefer the Japanese version because uh, when it comes to the <laughs> the English uh, rendition of the this episode's title, you have monster uh, twice within the same title, and that's sort of uh, yeah, really really <laughs> redundant. Like it, that that. Uh, the term monster is literally right at the beginning and the last part of the title. <laughs> so it's like monster, monster. Yeah. Uh, for me, I don't like either one uh, because at least in the English dub, now granted we're watching the Shaw Factory, um, there are no Japanese uh, language with English subs on this DVD, unfortunately. So in the English dub of the show, the official release we have here in the States, they called the creature Tyrox. I never heard the term Ligon at all during the episode. Yeah. So I have issue with using Ligon in either title. But then at the same time, neither title accurately describes what the thing actually is. It's not a monster, nor is it a beast. Mm -hmm. It's a robot is what it is in the episode. Uh, but with all that being said, if I had to pick one over the other, yeah, I would ever so slightly pick the Japanese one. It's a bit more straight. And, to the and then uh, just, just a minor spoiler out of all the four episodes that we've watched. This was the last one that Dr. Botanist at least appears for the time being, which was a bit uh, surprising after looking at this the second time around. Yeah. Alright, so here's a quick plot summary of episode 4. Emperor Guillotine instructs Botanist to go to Arabia and attack the oil fields using Tyrox, a robot that can be controlled from inside. Botanist takes U5's Matsuko's brother hostage, hostage once in Arabia, and Commander Az Azuma tells Johnny, Jerry, and Matsuko to check out the situation. They're ambushed by a gargoyle member posing to be a member of their Arabian unit. He ends up dying from a bomb planted inside of him. Botanist uses Tyrox to attack some oil fields using Matsuko's brother as bait. Johnny sneaks inside and calls Robo to join the battle. Johnny also plants a bomb inside Tyrox as he frees Matsuko and other unicorn prisoners on their way out. The bomb explodes, leaving Tyrox vulnerable. Robo finishes Tyrox off with ease, and the day is saved. So yeah, like you were saying, Botanist is not going to be around for a while. I had to double check. I looked this up because I'm like, I remember Botanist being around for a while. And yeah. going, there's no way he was around for only I know, like, two or three episodes. I know he was <laughs> around for at least uh, through the final disc of uh, this Shout Factory version of Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. That for sure, I, I know about that. 
But um, yeah, I was fairly surprised that this was at least the last time that he appears just on the first disc of the series. Yeah, I I find it interesting. Again, I think we talked about this on one of the episodes last time, but the show pulls no punches for a show that's apparently trying to be a kid's show. You have the shooting of what five six oh, men yeah. within the first five minutes of this show. At least there's no blood. Uh, botanist when he. <laughs> well, yeah, but still the fact that. Uh, botanist when he goes to Arabia, he's talking to Matsuko's brother. And basically saying, join me, won't you? And when his – when um, excuse me, her brother doesn't decide initially to join his side, he starts shooting the men one by one. And then when he's down to, I think, the final two men, he just shoots them both and basically is like, you either come with me or you're going to die. Well, I know. Was it uh, one of the guys I was uh, talking with, Mitsugo's uh, brother there, you know, and then you see that uh, camera angle where it was at uh, behind one of the uh, gargoyle gang henchmen, I think, or if it was Commander Spider, that uh, he was talking to uh, Mitsugo's brother, and all of a sudden you hear this gunshot sound effect. And, like, you just, uh, uh, <laughs> but you don't even, it's like you don't even see, like, sparks, at least sparks, just being a kid show like on the do but obviously it's just you know he's half naked from head to waist uh waistline and everything so it's not like <laughs> that that probably would have actually hurt the dude <laughs> if there were sparks coming out <laughs> or something of the sort but well we need to mention too we have japanese playing as arabians yeah. <laughs> their their skin is painted a slightly darker color of brown so <laughs> there's some questionable stuff there well but this, this show. entire show is full <laughs> of questionable stuff and controversies there's, there's a lot of questions <laughs> yes there are a lot of questions to pose for this so one. so really just um, don't be surprised about it at all yeah, you have to go with it because if you start questioning the show, you probably will end up hating it for the most part. Uh, I do like Tyrox's design, and I'm calling it Tyrox because that's what they call it in the show. Uh, but yeah, I do like the design. I, I like the fact that it's sort of a uh, – it does sort of harken back to a pseudo-Egyptian mm. style type of design. But at the same time, it's sort of unique uh, as well. well and then uh, – It's sort of like a, a dog-dragon type of kaiju-looking robot with – was or it like maybe it's, chains it's, as its hair? Well, it's, it's like dreadlocks like in a way, but yeah, speaking, really speaking cool. of like the dog thing and stuff, think of like the Anubis type of uh, deity Anubis, yeah. in a way. And speaking of Egyptian, like you get sort of the, the Egyptian theme in some instances throughout the – in the show, whereas when Mitsuko is trying to find her brother and stuff, she stumbles upon this uh, chamber that's Egyptian-like with all the glyphs, and then you see a sarcophagus, and then the sarcophagus uh, opens up and reveals a mummy where uh, – A person – it has yeah. to be – and then, and then Doctor Botanist comes out from the sarcophagus too, <laughs> along with her brother and everything. Well, yeah, and I find it. Thank you, pal. Um, I find it strange that um, 
that um, they use Egyptian uh, imagery here because it's supposed to be Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a bit and, confusing. You know, Saudi Arabia doesn't have the pyramids. It doesn't no. have the Egyptian stuff. So it's really weird. But like the mummy deal too, we, that's never really explained. It's someone posing as a mummy. It's not a real mummy. Um, it's like, what was that about? Like, you only see it for the one moment, yeah. and then that's I'll, that. So. And I think, uh, and I know this episode is going to come up soon. I. I believe that I know one of the uh, guys that uh, Emperor Guillotine orders around is supposedly like this uh, black clad uh, type of uh, dude with this black drenched coat and a hat and everything. But then he's wrapped around and stuff like his face and body like a mummy in a way. So I don't know if that's, oh, if that's sort that of tied is. into that sort of thing. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. S- s- uh, simply because most of these shows back in the day weren't really tied, uh, you know, episode by episode in a way. They're, these episodes are just their own little uh, storyline per se. Yeah, I kind of forgotten about that character. Um, I Spider plays such a small role in this episode, though it's not even funny. He's in there for one moment, uh, where he's watching Robot go to Arabia, or initially this jet where Matsuko and uh, Jerry are in. And I find it funny that he didn't notice that Jerry and Matsuko escaped the jet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or he was see, like, oh, good, got it. And then a few seconds later, he sees him or, on road. Or at least see uh, Johnny come in to the side of the Unicorn 7 jet there and uh, seeing everything. And then you would think if he's at the side where that uh, time bomb uh, thing was located on the jet there, you would think, oh, shit. <laughs> he's going he's to yeah. find out and warn these guys. We better do something about it but apparently it's 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 a big plot hole in a way just in this part it's goofy yeah yeah i mean this whole show is i mean th- these are things we're going to run into frequently throughout this entire but, series but at least in um, the the next three episodes he does play a big role in those in the rest of this uh entire discussion that we are going to be having here yeah. Well, and I find it amazing, even though we don't see botanists during the rest of our particular discussion in the episodes we're covering here on this ep- on this podcast episode, uh, it's amazing, though, that he lived that moment when uh, he lived – He sur- excuse me, he survived that moment when Robot uh, takes Tyrox and tosses him away, and that's it. Like it's – because, you know, he wasn't buckled down or anything. It's amazing that botanists will end up surviving this. Well, and the one thing too, you know, when you talked about as far as the, the design of Tyrox here, I kind of find it strange on how it seemed like that there was plenty of room for all these uh, gargoyle gains as well as uh, the prisoners, and that they had the a, spe- a, a special area f- uh, to. Pr- uh, jail all these prisoners and stuff within Tyrox itself. It's like Yeah, I find it's, that fun. It's like I don't know how you can fit everything within this uh robot monster 
uh, per se is like how how can you move around? How can you stay without being you know jumbled around within uh, tire rocks? You're thinking here and there. I know, I know. I just want to at least bring some of these things up. <laughs> but yeah, and and especially when you mention uh, when uh, giant robot. Uh, throws tie rocks like how 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 do they not get tumbled around within that thing? And you just see them sort of stand up, but also sort of fall down on uh, machine parts here and there. Yeah, I I wondered initially. I'm like, wait a minute, is that prison actually inside the machine? And once I realized it was, I'm like, that's so stupid. But at the same time, it's so stupid that I love it because <laughs> uh, I'm just like, you got your own sort of very miniature, like not really a city, but community in there. It's just like you probably have enough in there to survive or, for like maybe a week or so. Like if you or it's just <laughs> you know had a cafeteria or it's or just what. a ver- like a land. <laughs> walking version of a battleship yeah i want to talk about the human bomb oh yeah (laughs) and i want to say that that's the cleanest human bomb i have ever seen or the Uh, most complicated human bomb ever if it was a robot (laughs) well and the thing is is that they were saying get away from him he's a human bomb first of all he doesn't get splattered all over the place like he should. Second of all, he doesn't pose as much of of uh, of a threat uh, as as he does Lincoln. Sorry, <laughs> Lincoln. Sorry. Sorry, I told him not to come in while I was podcasting. He's done it twice already. Um, but yeah, like I found found the human bomb thing um, kind of silly in a in a twisted way. And again, it's a kid show. But again, it's a kid show. A bomb planted inside of a person. Boom. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's just a really it's a really unique show. I th- I would say. Out of the four episodes up to this point, I would say it's one of the more unique, interesting shows, uh, to say the least, when it comes to uh, the uh, scenery that this has taken place, and as well as the choice of monster that they use against uh, Unicorn I like the 7. Overall- <laughs> I like the overall idea and going to a place where there's oil fields because guillotine says like we destroy some of the oil fields or take, you know, take hold of them. It's going to create chaos. And about a decade after this show was made, yeah, there was an oil crisis. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, So we want to go in the final thoughts and a rating. Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. All right. Episode four reminds me a bit of the Ultraman episode involving Pestar. Little did both shows know that there would be an emergency oil crisis about a decade later. This particular episode seemed to move more swiftly than some of the previous episodes. Getting to Arabia and setting up the plot was expeditious, and the action at the end of the episode is closely filmed. The battle with Robo and Tyrox is pretty entertaining, but still lacking some drama. The disposing of Tyrox by Johnny using a time bomb is very convenient and utterly contrived, 
But again, given how the show knows how ridiculous it is, I'm willing to go with it for the most part. Botanist lives even when he shouldn't have, but once more, I'll go with it. It's mildly entertaining, and I give it a 5 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> even though you... Uh, this, there were... Th- I, I'm not a desert fan, first off, and I must say that. I don't necessarily... Because deserts, I find to be bland scenery. Um yeah, that's a big part of it. I just don't like desert locations. Um, that that turns me off. Well, for, uh, for me, I would say uh, that this is one of the more unique additions to the show. Um, although I was sort of expecting a little bit more of Dr. Botanist out of this one. I think this is by far probably the weakest entry of his but um as far as uh the scenery uh some of the other uh unicorn uh uh troop characters uh in saudi arabia they're a little bit unique in their own way and um sort of their appearance in a way it's (laughs) but as far questionable and then uh the robot monster Tyrox. It's a it's a uh, an interesting concept and in how they executed it, and just all the other questions I've uh, discussed earlier about this, as far as how can they fit all these people <laughs> with within this monster, and as well as uh, holding uh, some of the prisoners hostage in one specific area of this uh, robot without being jumbled around and everything while it moves around and battling a giant robot uh, towards the end. But yeah, I think this is a fairly unique uh, entry to the series. Um, Although I was hoping that there were more uh, interesting things when it came to Dr. Botanist out of this event with this eventually being his uh, last one for the time being. So uh, episode four, I give this one a seven out of 10. All right. So here we go to episode five. The English title is the, the gigantic claw. Japanese title is Gangar, the colossal hand. Jason, which one do you like most? I can't, I, I think the gigantic claw is pretty interesting. I think I, I like that one. Like that one. I, similar to episode four, I'm not a fan of either one. However, here's the thing: I think the gigantic claw sounds better because it sounds more menacing. Mm-hmm. But I do like the name Gangar. It's just that the phrase "the colossal hand" is a huge turn yeah. off for me. So I'm, I'm once again gonna barely side with one of them, and this time it's the English yeah, title. And, and when it comes to the dub, they really don't even say the actual name; they just call it the claw or the giant claw. Or yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's here's the plot summary. An indestructible transparent metal has been developed named QQV, and Spider intends to steal it. Disguised as unicorn agents, Spider and his men infiltrate the science center where the plans for the metal are stored. They are successful and make a getaway using smoke bombs. They are chased, however, by Jerry and Johnny. Spider sends the metallic gigantic claw to chase them. Johnny calls Robo, and Robo holds off the claw long enough to help them escape. However, the plans were fake. (laughs) 
A new plan is devised to transport the plans for QQB to the UN, and a decoy route will also be used. Spider is informed of this via eavesdropping measures. During the execution of the plan, Jerry and Johnny are captured by Spider. They're rescued by Matsuko. Spider is caught up by the commander and of Unicorn and the self-defense force while Jerry and Johnny use Robo to fight the gigantic claw. Robo eventually destroys it using missiles and flamethrower, and Spider ultimately escapes. The plans are safe for now. So I just want to get this out of the way. Um, there is one big giant hole <laughs> in this. Uh, the security of this, especially when uh, Commander Spider and uh, the uh, Gargoyle gain disguised as unicorn uh, troops and everything and try to get uh, try to steal the plans and they just go up to one of them uh hands the stuff and i kid you not the actual unicorn seven people just don't even like have any id or double check background to make sure that these guys are actually like the real deal it's just a huge security flaw within this whole thing especially when it comes comes down to this supposed top secret uh new indestructible metal yeah, I thought you were actually going to talk about something else there for a second. But yeah, this is something that uh, I have a huge problem with, with not just this episode, but even the next episode as well, because this episode and episode six are kind of similar uh, in many respects. Uh, but yeah, I that's something I have in my notes too, is I wrote down I wouldn't hire Unicorn to run security at my child's lemonade stand. Uh, the, the protocol measures... First of all, again, I, I do preface this, and I just I want to hammer home because I want people to understand that I understand this is a kids show, and so obviously things are going to be sort of dumbed down to a certain degree. Uh, for kids, they're not going to think about some of these details, but as an adult, uh, and, and sort of I feel like it's our job as well to also kind of be critical on some level of this stuff. Um, just to kind of give people a heads up, especially for those who um, may not have checked out this material. But yeah, the protocol measures put in by Unicorn are awful, considering that this is supposed to be a special organization that I'm assuming is being funded by individual countries or that the they, United Nations uh, reside in. Yeah, I, uh, that too. Uh, well, yeah, because yeah. the United Nations, yeah, is part of their acronym. Um, it. <laughs> It makes you wonder why in the hell Unicorn is still even around. Why didn't Gargoyle or someone else able to successfully take them down? Uh, measures are ridiculous. Now, granted, yes, the eventual plans they take are fake. However, yeah. you have Unicorn agents being hurt. I think maybe weren't even a couple killed during this infiltration too. I think you might uh, be. I remember. I think you might be thinking of the next uh, episode. I know, but I know in the next one some were killed. Yes, but I thought maybe this one a couple might have been killed. I don't. I don't think so. I think that they use maybe some sort of gas or uh, flash they bombs use or gas something. bombs to get away. Yeah. Yes, but I still thought they shot a couple. 
But nevertheless, you're still putting lives in danger because these are bad guys. They will do whatever it takes to get mm-hmm. what they want. So I hope they had people who are in Unicorn sign a waiver like we are not responsible for stupid shit that we do that may end up getting you dead. Yeah. So, but, just, but yeah, eventually yeah. that uh, Emperor Guillotine uh, was – really suspicious on how they got these uh, plans so easily and he asked uh, Commander Spider to open up the suitcase and fortunately it uh, did a little mini explosion once he opened up the case and everything and he basically knew that something was up but um, yeah so that's what so that's it but yes let's get to the huge huge part of this whole thing and it does i, I want to save that for last actually. okay okay um <laughs> but um i think there is maybe one more episode in this series involving a gigantic hand robot i think uh but the thing is is that i find this gigantic hand robot villain to be lazy and stupid despite the claw at least in this episode still looking menacing mm-hmm. i think such a villain is stupid or just just um, the execution of it just sort of fell short i don't like giant hands though because um, i think it just it's stupid i th- i think it's lazy i could have sworn that there might have been something similar to this when it came to, I, I was—I have to say, Iron King or Red Baron. It had to be one of the Iron other King, shows. Iron King, I think, had one. I thought, though, too, later on in this series, there might be another one, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Well. But yeah, Iron King, I know, had one. Yeah, it's like I could have sworn it had to be one of the other uh, shows that seemed to have something similar to it. But yeah. Um, I just—I cannot drive home enough though how stupid i just find this idea like hey let's have a gigantic it to me it's lazy and stupid like why don't you try to create something unique um like nucleon i'm not a fan of some of those rolly ball type things too but i find that those are slightly more creative than something like a gigantic i just it's, think it's sort of so like stupid. the metal d- version of the master hand from smash bros <laughs> it's it's just but, dumb i think it's but dumb. as far as you not really being a fan of the idea of the gigantic claw here what do you at least think of the the design of this hand or well like i said here a moment ago i i despite the fact i just hate the idea of it um i think it still looks menacing but even then just execution in terms of its powers and abilities it's still not entirely impressive um I I find the battles between robot and the hand or the claw I should say in uh, in this episode to be dull. I am not entertained by yeah. them one bit. And, but despite the fact that I hate the giant claw, I find the rest of the episode very entertaining. I, I think it, it's sort of like a James Bond type of deal almost with infiltration and stuff like well, that. We also get that uh, with the next episode, I think. Yeah, but I just hate the giant claw. But the rest of the episode I find to be well executed for the most part. It's entertaining. It's fun. But the sad thing is is that I come for the giant robot for 
50 to 75 percent of my entertainment and just the battles here i just i'm not yeah it seemed like the only thing that uh the gigantic claw only dealt sort of some damage to uh giant robo here is that he only just grabs uh giant robo and you know tries to fly him up in a way but then uh robo just counters uh, the grab with you know turning around to free himself and then that was essentially it and just sort of dodges until uh, the giant claw rams right into the side of the of the mountain and then uses his uh, finger missiles to yeah. uh, destroy the gigantic claw from that point yeah uh, there's one thing I, one more thing I want to mention before we get to the big thing at the end here I had to roll my eyes yet at the same time laugh when they are having that secret meeting where they're talking about moving the QQV to the UN where Johnny and Jerry are doing a, quote, security check. Or sweep. (laughs) Yeah, they are – Jerry goes, there could be wires, and then Jerry goes, Johnny and I will check, and then Jerry goes – and just stands where he's at <laughs> and just from where he's standing for the first 10 or so seconds of this so-called security check just stands there and looks and it's not for a little bit until they finally start moving around the room and they start searching but the funny thing is is that everything that they touch there happens to be a wire it's like the potted plant in the middle, uh, they the way Johnny pulls it out, it's like he automatically knew there was something in there. Um, and then Jerry finds something else somewhere. Like he knew that was there too. It's like it's one thing to be like like just kind or, of sweeping your hand underneath, checking for stuff. But it's another thing to actually stick your hand in an exact spot and then pull the thing. It's just like you don't have x-ray vision. No. It's like <laughs> it, I found this to be so funny and so ridiculous though because it, you have to see it. it. It's so stupid but funny. Yeah, and just seeing them, you know, for example, Jerry looking at the phone, you know, doing the handheld version, and then uh, puts it down, but then lifts up the entire thing, and there it was down at the bottom. But then you would also would have to think, because like with those type of phones too, that a lot of those wiretaps and stuff are put within like those little knob the things, microphone. yeah, or the receiver part. <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> that's also another flaw. It's, it's it's hilarious but stupid. You have to watch it to really appreciate the stupidity and the hilarity of the moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, why don't you go ahead and talk about the big whoopsie? <laughs> yes, the big whoopsie, and this is towards the end, uh, just a little after. Basically, right? At the uh, end. <laughs> just after when uh, the gigantic the gigantic clock is. Uh, blown up to smithereens and uh johnny and giant robo uh go over to uh at least help out unicorn seven uh against uh the uh, gargoyle gain and then they approach him from behind the gargoyle gain and then at this one shot where the camera is right behind 
giant robot to sort of make him look tall. But then if you look down at the lower left corner of the shot, not only do you see giant robo shadow, but also the camera crew <laughs> that's literally behind it. The and, camera man. Yeah, and just <laughs> before that shot ends, you see extra movement behind giant robo there. <laughs> Yeah, the placing of the cameraman uh, in correlation with where the light was coming from was not a good choice. Or <laughs> at least uh, take the time to possibly reschedule the shooting maybe elsewhere or in a different uh, different uh, uh, like angle to where that the sun went – uh, come down from behind you or something or maybe later on in the day but know that they had to do it <laughs> at this time which I have no idea whose idea was this and I don't even know if they even bothered to really realize that part of their camera crew is in part of the <laughs> of the shot behind them it's to me it's yeah <laughs> i don't know if it's negligence uh or it's negligence yeah. yeah they i don't think they may have realized it after the fact of course because they had to have gone through and watched these episodes before airing or them maybe they but the just thing is have that noticed it until maybe sometime down the road who knows well, I like to think they probably did know about it, but by then the episode was in a position to where it had to be aired, and and we would have to ha- talk to August about it. But I, if I, um, I'm I'm almost positive that I'm um, correct in saying that Toei was a studio that, by and large, um, sort of. Um, was cheap with a lot of things. Uh, we've talked about um, Golden Bat on this show and how that movie in quite a few respects looked cheap. Uh, you know, you could just tell by watching the movie in various spots how goofy and cheap it was. But that's, I think, part of the charm of Toei Entertainment yeah, is the cheapness of some of it. And for mostly being famously known for doing uh, some of these noticeable anime shows nowadays, such as uh, the Dragon Ball franchise, One Piece, and some of the other things. I don't know if some of you are fans of Dragon Ball, such as me, that some of the like the first few episodes of the new Dragon Ball Super that you can definitely tell in some of the animations and that it was sort of hastily done and some of the drawings were pretty damn bad (laughs) and you can probably tell that some of that maybe cheapness over the years has sort of still stuck with Toei even in their animation department oh there's one thing I forgot to mention I want that gas pump that we see in the middle of the episode where it's a gun it's a machine gun gas pump I don't quite even remember that Uh, which, which part was that in uh, I think Jerry and Johnny have to go fill up their car, and Gargoyles oh, yeah, already yeah, there yeah, waiting, and they're going to have a gas attendant. And and he brings out the uh, the the pump, and he starts shooting. <laughs> them with it. I'm just like, that's so stupid. I love it. I just I find it great. It's like I don't know if, if there's like any bullets just 
right underneath this uh, gas gun, or if it like comes up from the hose, I don't. You we're thinking too much. <laughs> I know, about I know, it now. but I just just yep. trying to think about it. <laughs> yeah, you think about it again, you're gonna have issues. All right, do we want to go into final thoughts? On uh, yes, final thoughts. All right, the Gigantic Claw episode is a fun pseudo-James Bond episode involving infiltrating a base and using gadgets to get away with top-secret plans. Despite the stupid concept of a Gigantic Claw as a foil for Robo, and again, I stress the word stupid, the rest of the episode is silly and fun, the sort of storytelling you'd expect a child to come up with. I give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, it is pretty quirky. Um, sort of crazy uh, episode that we get this time. Uh, it's sort of yeah. It has that sort of it's it's like a kids version of the James Bond uh, type of movies or sh- TV shows for this instance. And also, it's just as far as the security portion, even though eventually turns out to be, you know. Everything leading up to it being fake documents and stuff that they easily let go. But still, it, it just sort of their way of their protocols and everything is just like really lacks. You would think that they would at least <laughs> would have done something a bit more, you know, as far as tightening things still. But then as far as. The big whoopsie, yeah, it's it's sort of affected quite a bit of things <laughs> uh, for this episode. For so, with that, um, yeah, the battles between uh, Giant Robo and the giant uh, the Gigantic Claw is pretty dull. Uh, the concept, uh, design, and the execution of the Giant Claw was a bit meh. So I give. Uh, episode 5 here, 6 out of 10. Okay. The title of Episode 6 for both the English and the Japanese, by and large, are similar. So <laughs> this one, I think it doesn't really matter which one we pick. But the English title is Dragon, the Ninja Monster. The Japanese title is Dorogon, the Ninja Monster. So, Jason, <laughs> which one do you prefer? <laughs> uh... I probably prefer the the Dogon one because with Dorogon because this one it I just think of Dragon <laughs> instead of Dragon or Dragon or whatever yeah. you uh, said there, but yeah, uh, I would just at least just would have kept Dorogon with this one here. Yeah, I like the name Dorogon more. So that's, again, third straight time I'm narrowly picking one over the other. Um, Dragon is okay, but it's lazy, I think. Uh, I st- again, I don't like the suffix part of the title, which is the ninja monster. Because outside of trying to do ninja vanishes, to quote uh, Tatsu from the first Turtles movie... Um, he doesn't do any other ninja stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is not a ninja monster. The, the only thing I find the only that ninja related stuff that it does is just disappearing after smoke comes up. Trying yeah. to, yeah. <laughs> it just, I thought that part was kind of dumb. Yeah. But, but as far as uh, this <laughs> episode goes, um, 
I haven't done okay, the plot yeah, summary go yet. Ahead. <laughs> Guillotine pits the countries of Selenia and Albion against one another by using Dragon to take Selenia's experimental jet and Albion's experimental sub and making it seem as if the other side was responsible. Unicorn representatives from around the globe are brought to a secret island to help resolve tensions between the two countries. An island that should be secretive, yet Spider and the Gargoyle gang somehow figured out where the meeting was going to be held. Spider, once again, disguises himself as a unicorn representative, this time the Canadian representative, and infiltrates the meeting, planting a time bomb. And they amazingly let him get away uh, with incredible ease as well. Anyways, uh, Matsuko discovers the bomb in Jerry and Johnny-like fashion from the previous episode (laughs) and gets rid of it. Robo comes and drops drops it on some of the gargoyle members. Guillotine sends in Dragon to attack the summit building, but Robo comes in time to prevent further damage. After a decent battle, Robo uses his mega punch to send Dragon tumbling to the ocean where it explodes, and the jet and submarine are miraculously brought to the surface. Johnny and Jerry help Robo take the jet and sub back to their respective countries. Uh, and my first note I have here uh, to kind of go back to a topic we discussed with the previous episode, the first thing I've written down about this one is this episode also proves unicorn security ain't worth shit. But at least, <laughs> at least in this episode, at least they have some sort of believability when it comes to this one, whereas they – some whereas uh, Commander Spider actually dresses up as one of the more believable, uh, I would say, people within the Unicorn organization to look similar to him, as far as being disguised as the uh, the leader of the Unicorn uh, team in Canada. There and then, as far as approaching uh, the. The unicorn headquarters there on the the island, you know, just making things look believable. But up to the point, as the unicorn team opens up the gate, they kill basically everyone there, and then uh, head to uh, the building there afterwards. Whereas in the previous episode, they didn't really didn't really kill kill, kill people, as far as I know. But in this one, I'd say it's more of a believable setup in a way. Yeah, and what happened to that uh, Canadian representative? Because I don't think we ever find out. It, it, we only just see him in that one TV screen, and that was it. There's really no explanation yeah. about that part whatsoever. So we never really know if he was captured. He was either captured or killed. And again, we never find out. In fact, our characters never even ask mm-hmm. what happened to yeah, the that's, representative. That's another at least huge hold that now that I think about it. Yeah, and I love Dragon in this episode in terms of his look. I, I There's something about a simple dinosaurian look for the most part that I find to be really cool. I like the, the dinosaur-looking type of monsters that you know have some tweaks to them. That's not to say I don't like some obscure ones, but I kind of like that type it, it of It sort of reminds me of a, an Ultraman-esque uh, type of kaiju. Sort of, yeah. But yeah, it – this this one I'd say it's a little bit more believable. It has more that uh, uh, James Bond sort of uh, atmosphere 
to it when it comes to like the whole the whole island part bunch of people there and yeah it's i really do uh, like this episode i think out of all the four episodes that we're uh, discussing here i think that this one by far is probably my favorite one yeah i mean you bring that up uh, out of the episodes in fact actually no i thought okay actually i like the next episode more uh, than this one, but not by too much. Um, but we'll discuss that here in a moment. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I do like this. Uh, I think out of the ratings, at least up to this point in our discussion of the first six episodes, uh, sort of a spoiler alert, this particular episode gets the highest rating from me. Of course, the next one we're about to discuss is going to get a higher rating than this. But yeah, I really do like this episode. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's not perfect mm-hmm. um, because, for example, uh, the sub's periscope at the beginning of the episode was showing itself to be above water when it sees Dragon. But when you have shots of the actual submarine, the sub is quite clearly a significant ways under the water. So there's no way that periscope could have broken the surface to see Dragon when it was quite a ways uh, in the drink, so to speak. You're asking too many <laughs> questions here. <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> Got you there. One of the things I'm that I'm slightly disappointed though in this episode is that it starts off really well. We get Dragon for several scenes, but then he completely disappears until the ending uh, of the episode. And I really was hoping that for the first time up to this point in the series, we were going to get more kaiju action, and that sadly did not happen. Yeah. But um, as far as uh, the battle between uh, Dorogon and Giant Robo here, I think uh, it's a little bit – I think it has more meat to it this time compared yeah. – obviously compared to the previous episode here. And I think uh, something – I would say it has a better battle compared to the next episode that's uh, going to be coming up here. Um, but yeah, I think this episode has it. I think it has a lot of stuff that just makes more sense with one another, except for obviously uh, the whereabouts of the Unicorn Lear of Canada. Nowhere, <laughs> nowhere to be seen or heard of again afterwards. But um, other than that, I'd say a lot of things just went right with this episode. Well, there's one thing that I find to be the biggest whoopsie, more so than the Canadian representative never being found or discussed again. And that is when the time bomb was found, when we last see the timer on it, there was about 10 seconds left. And I timed this. It took about a minute and a half for that bomb to detonate. There was 10 seconds left when Spider left. Matsuko takes probably several seconds to find it. She even holds it up above her head and tells everybody in the room, I found it. And I'm like, run, bitch. Like, go and get rid of that thing. But she holds it up. I found it, runs. 
and I'm going, okay, boom, right now. It should blow up. No, but then she runs out like maybe 10 yards into the grassy area, trips, and I'm like, this thing should have blown up a while ago. And then Robo comes in, dives down, picks it up, flies up, has it. And then Johnny tells it to drop it on some members of the Gargoyle gang that are trying to escape. And then he drops it, and you see a shot of the briefcase dropping. I'm like, this thing should have blown up about 20 times already. And then, boom, it just coincidence. Blows up right as it meets up with the Gargoyle (laughs) members. I'm like, that took about a minute and a half to do. (laughs) For 10 seconds, that were supposedly left yeah, now, the Yeah, now you think about it, that's probably uh, the one whoopsie, but at least it's not the biggest whoopsie that we've had so far today. <laughs> to me, that's pretty bad, though, in and of itself. Cameraman stuff, yeah, I... That's really bad, but I tend to blame that more on lack of budget and and time as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, going though to the Robo Dragon battle, I agree. I think uh, this battle is really neat. I think it's maybe the best battle we've had so far. The only other episode that I could think of where the battle was maybe this good, if not potentially better was the gargoyle vine episode because uh, that one had quite a bit going on for it as mm-hmm. well but i do like this one i found it strange though that Dragon, after uh, a few uh, attempts at being able to vanish somehow gets low on energy to disappear uh that to me was very contrived uh, or but, i'm trying to think of oh, well the reason why that that happened it's contrivance is the only thing I can think of because if it were to keep disappearing, it probably from a technical standpoint could maybe defeat Robo because it would just keep vanishing and like positioning itself in a in a in a way to give itself the advantage against Robo. That's the only thing I can mm-hmm. think of. Um, but yeah, I, otherwise, other than that, I do think it's it's one of the most entertaining battles, if not the most entertaining battle we've seen thus far uh, up to this point in the series. Yeah. So um, other than that, um, I think we should just go to the uh, final thoughts on this one here. All right. This particular episode mirrors the previous episode in using Spider to infiltrate a top-secret unicorn building. As a result, the audience, or should I say more mature audience, is left scratching their heads wondering why Unicorn is this all-powerful agency when it can be so easily infiltrated. Nevertheless, this episode brings about a fun kaiju design that lies in my alley of tasteful designs. It's not all-out wacky. It's simple yet distinct. I was also hoping for more of Dragon given how immediate it shows up in the episode. Sadly, I think again the show's lack of a real budget prevents such things from happening. Overall, this is a fun episode with a tiring moment of Gargoyle's infiltration that I hope ceases for a while. Eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, this one, I would, as I've stated before, that by far up to this point or out of all the four episodes that we've uh are discussing today that uh this one is by far uh my favorite one out of the four and i just like the uh, the james bond-esque uh thing going on with 
this particular episode compared to the previous one, which I think is a little bit more believable. And it's not as much sort of the kid-oriented version of the James Bond-esque sort of uh, setup here. And I'd say a lot of the things just sort of went, uh, went right for this episode, except at least for a couple of things, which... I'll at least admit it, but as far as uh, the Dorogon uh, appearance, the execution of it is, I'd say, is really good. Uh, this episode, as far as the battles, this one had the most meat compared. Uh, for the battles out of all the four episodes that we're discussing here it's it's just a really uh, I would say at least a well executed episode uh, this time so um, out of some of a couple whoopsies here in this episode (laughs) I'll at least give this one a 9 out of 10 for at least a good effort for what it did all right. All right. The final episode that we're going to discuss in this podcast, the English title is Our Enemy Scallion. The Japanese title is Monster Ikagiris is Our Enemy. Jason, which one do you prefer? Ikagiris. Oh, that's, that's an interesting name. Uh, boy, I really don't know. <laughs> um, if I had... To really choose one, I probably would at least go with the Japanese version on this one because I think uh, the Ikikarius, is that what it is? Ikikarius. I think that has a little bit more meaning for that monster than Scallion. Because with me, when it comes to Scallion, I think of the uh, like the the food, like scallops or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me this was tough. Um, again, for this particular podcast, I'm not a huge fan of most of these titles. Um, this is one where I like and dislike things of both. I do like the name Ikagiris more so than Scallion, but I hate the suffix part again of this title where is our enemy. It's just like, well, no shit. Yeah, that that um, one's then, obvious. It's like it's a no shit Sherlock moment. <laughs> and I don't like the prefix part of the title of the English version where it says our enemy followed by the name Scallion. Uh, again, another no shit moment. Um I don't really like either one. Um, I do like the name Ikagiris. <sighs> you know what? I'm going to pull the first uh, first thing of this. I'm going to say I don't like either one. I'm not picking one. Oh, come <laughs> um, on. <laughs> I'm not choosing. I don't <laughs> – I don't like either one, uh, so I'm not picking one. I, I think they're both stupid, <laughs> by and large. Whatever. Despite the fact this is going to be, like I said a few minutes ago, my highest-rated episode of the show so far. <laughs> so, oh, boy. All right, here's a plot summary for Episode 7. Our enemy scallion, our monster Ikagiris, is our enemy. 
A ray-like kaiju named Scallion attacks a secret unicorn lighthouse that is used as their decoding headquarters and location where information on locations of all unicorn bases are stored. Meanwhile, Mari, a girl Johnny's age, is the newest unicorn agent. She's a language and decoder expert. How convenient. (laughs) Johnny and Jerry check out the ruins of the lighthouse and realize the decoder is missing. Spider and Gargoyle can now locate all the unicorn bases if they wish. Johnny and Jerry are ambushed and nearly killed by Gargoyle and Scallion until Robo shows up. Part of Robo's left arm is dissolved by Scallion's acidic spray. Jerry is taken hostage while Johnny gets away with Robo. Jerry acts dumb about a fall decoding language they developed to fool Gargoyle. He escapes with Robo's help later. Johnny shows up with Robo, and Robo does battle with Scallion. Scallion's acidic spray dissolves Spider on their secret boat. Robo throws Scallion. I sound like I'm reading the kids' book now. <laughs> Robo throws Scallion onto the gargoyle boat and destroys both using its eye ray and flamethrower. Can, um, can I at least point this out? I hope that Spider does not come back after this. Spider will not come back. We see him get sprayed, and we see uh, a foamy, dissolvy type well, of solution. Well, af- after, after episode two, where he apparently should have exploded, <laughs> where, where he somehow mysteriously is still alive, I hope that he does not come back after that. <laughs> Well, it's not – I don't hate – to me, it sounds like you don't like no. Spider. Is, is that true? No, no, but it's it's just more more or less the the whole setup, mainly due to episode two where, where we thought that he – we thought he eventually died from that explosion where him and his gang went to the car. But then the next episode where Dr. Botanist first appears – and then somehow he's mysteriously still alive because we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. So with that said, <laughs> I hope that well, yeah, it like, doesn't become – Yeah, teens generals are like I know, <laughs> but I hope this doesn't become a real big plot hole this time around when I mention that – when I mention of him trying not to come back after this one here. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I and I mentioned this in episode two when we discussed it, but I'm still going to say it here. I'm actually surprised he's mm-hmm. gone already. I thought he was hanging around for at least thought, a couple I more episodes. I thought he was going to be around much longer um, than this. I knew at, I knew his end was coming, but again, I thought it would be another two or three episodes before we got to that point. Because uh, I know um, if <sighs> – and I don't remember because, like I said, the last time I went through this series was back in December 2016. I'm thinking Fangar might be next uh, to show up. I'm not sure. Then, well, we're going to find I, out. And then I um, think after this, we'll see a lot of Dr. Botanist from here on out. And then probably that uh, yeah. mummy-ish dude, maybe, if he's not one of the occasional yeah. ones. Uh, a big question I have uh, is after Robo got his left arm dissolved by Scallion or Ikagiris, how did he replace his arm so quickly? I thought uh, the repair work was very – we never hear anything about it uh, from either Johnny or Unicorn. I know. Ah, 
my brain hurts. I'm thinking. <laughs> Too many questions here. <laughs> like, <laughs> but but the other, I would say one of the other big whoopsies when it comes to unicorn is the location of the decoding center. Why do they have it at a cliffside near the seashore there over at the lighthouse? You would think that they would have it in a more secretive somewhere that's more inland and probably underground. <laughs> well, it was underground. And one of the things I scratched my half, head half about that moment underground, is – I would say. <laughs> Well, I found it strange when Scallion, you know, was throwing a bunch of gigantic waves at the lighthouse that the center underground of the lighthouse was also experiencing uh, incredible tremors. And I'm going, dude, you're underground. You shouldn't be feeling these tremors of these gigantic waves. And the waves were not eating away, excuse me, at the cliffside either. So I thought that was a plot hole there where sure the top part of the lighthouse would become in disarray but they had it where the people underneath in the decoding center were like experiencing the 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 severe tremors as well and that's not how it should have been but for me the the biggest the biggest whoopsie is uh the decoding center location of where they had it i mean the way that where it's where it was at, it just exposes it more to other elements and especially monsters for that case coming out from the sea, like what we <laughs> just witnessed in this episode. I mean, you would expect it to be more like underground, like more inland instead of right next to the sea there. Um, In that first fight between Robo and Scallion, when Scallion starts using its acidic spray, uh, I thought all of Robo in one or two shots was being sprayed. So why wasn't most of Robo being dissolved? Too many questions. (laughs) But um, but as far as Scallion, what do you think of the design? I love this. I love the fact that first it's a flesh and blood kaiju. And I think the design, though, is decent. Uh, But I love how it's maybe the best foil we've seen so far for Robo since maybe the gargoyle vine because of that acidic spray. That acidic spray really, uh, again, like I said, maybe for the first time since the gargoyle vine. It's just like finally Gargoyle Gang has some sort of creature at its disposal to really take on Robo and probably win. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that. I like the fact that we finally get something to where you're just not rolling your eyes and you're just like, okay, you know, Robo is easily going to win. It's just a question of how is he going to – or it, I should say, win this time. I also like the derpy face of Scallion. (laughs) It it sort of looked like it had a duck face going with it. It's ready for a selfie at any moment. Yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting episode. It's uh, really good in its own right. Uh, A bit crazy things here and there, and I would say at least a couple whoopsies uh, here. So what do you got? 
the craziest thing, and I love it because first of all, it's stupid. Second of all, it is actually funny. Are the two goons watching over Jerry? Spider leaves him and tells them to watch over Jerry. And then as soon as uh, Spider closes the door behind him to go talk to Guillotine, (laughs) they bring out this chessboard and they start talking, I'm going to beat you this time, buddy. Uh, No, well, you know, I'm only partially good at chess. Well, no, you're very good at it. And they just completely (sighs) ignore Jerry. And there's sort of this mild slapstick stuff going on where uh, Jerry's trying to get untie himself from a knife that is lodged uh, right into the chair, oh, right into his chair, and then the phone rings at one point, and so one of the chess players, the guy the who phone was, was behind Jerry, the phone, by the way, he goes, yeah, the phone is behind Jerry, and the goon closest to the phone is going to answer it, but instead of getting up and turning to look at the phone to go answer it, he gets up. And he has his back still towards the phone, and he goes, I'm going to keep my eye on you, telling this to his buddies playing chess with, because I don't want you to cheat. And so he's just sticking his left arm out to try to grab the phone, and then Jerry very carefully lifts up the phone receiver and like hands it to the guy. The guy grabs it, he answers it, and then he puts it back. Jerry grabs it and puts it back on. <laughs> it's just it, – I think it, that part was definitely meant to be silly, but – those two goons are so stupid and silly. Well, and I then love it. try not to ask too many questions. That the guy that was basically facing, you know, where where he can easily see Jerry, that he doesn't even bother seeing Jerry <laughs> trying to reach for the knife yeah. or handing the phone to his comrade there. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's so f- <laughs> funny intentionally and at the same time unintentionally. Yeah, and and with that, um, I say um, final thoughts. All right, Scallion is a fairly impressive foe for Robo with his with its acidic spray. While it is disposed of with relative ease later in the episode, it proves to be one of the better villains. With Spider now gone, there is sadness I feel moving forward. I thought Spider wasn't going to be killed until a bit later, but this path now opens the way for more Dr. Botanist and fun villains to come. The episode is a whole lot of fun. The sequence involving Jerry and the two gargoyle goons is funny and entertaining. In conclusion, this episode is a small improvement over the previous episode. Nine out of ten. For this episode, to me, it's it's an interesting, crazy, dumb episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For what it is, and just a lot of things that we've mentioned about, as far as uh, the location. I question the location of the decoding center being on the uh, seaside, exposing it to vulnerable things here and there. Um, you know, also questioning the, uh, again, the protocols of Unicorn <laughs> here <laughs> once again. I think that's that's essentially the theme that's been going on here uh, for today's episode, uh, questioning the protocols of Unicorn. Um, Unicorn's secure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
and uh, scaling the uh, design and execution of it is pretty good. Uh, the battle between uh, him and Robo, um, to me, it's a little bit of a downgrade compared to the previous episode here, but still, I'd say it's good enough compared to uh, the first two episodes that we've discussed, particularly the one dealing with the gigantic claw. Um, and then also um, with uh, Commander Sp- uh, Spider now officially has passed away, but hopefully does not return. Away. <laughs> <laughs> he got killed. <laughs> uh, so with that, um, we'll probably be seeing more of uh, Dr. Botanist, obviously, and then some other possible henchmen under Emperor Guillotine here and and then I'm not sure what's going to come after for the Gargoyle game. Who's going to be commanding them? I'm guessing Dr. Botanist. Uh, with that said, for this episode, I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10. What? <laughs> it's better than that. <laughs> it's boring. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. With that, that concludes our Toku Zone episode. Um, really, that Jason? Do we want to come back on the twenty sixth? And so that'll be a couple weeks. So I think I really can't think of anything else that wouldn't be in the way of us not doing it. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're coming back September 26th for another Toku Zone. This time we will be looking at episodes 8, 9, and 10 of Johnny Sacco and his robot. Uh, with that, unless you have anything else to say, Jason, uh, we appreciate all of you listening and for tuning in, and we hope to see you in a couple of weeks. Yep, and I just want to point out uh, one last time, as always, um, if you want to subscribe to us, either the streaming uh, versions of our shows or the audio versions of our shows, as far as our streaming networks, you can find us over at uh, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook Live, Periscope, and DLive. And as far as uh, the podcast audio uh, networks. You can find us over at the Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn. And you can also like and subscribe to us on these following uh, social media websites. Just search for Daikaiju Network. And you can also find us over at our own website at daikaijunetwork.com. So, yes, thank you for joining us. And we will see you all on September 26th for another edition of Daikaiju Network's Toku Zone. We'll see you again, folks. Take care. Stay safe.